This audio was taken from the Let Her Be Heard live show. So what is fair? Today's topic is all about fairness. Is life fair or unfair for you? Do you even like ponder that sometimes? I'm Andrea Gullick. And I'm Barb Gibson, and we are here to let her be heard. And I'm just going to let you know, everybody, this is the (laughs) second time now that we've come in and Barbara Ann is chatting away and doing things when I've hit the live button. And I'm like, no, (laughs) this is the shit show that goes on behind. (laughs) We get the behind the scenes reel, don't we, Barb? It's so cool. But but we're just silly. We're just silly, though. That's all we're doing. It's being silly. We're fine. This is how we roll. Like, yes. So, so let's so so let's refocus. Okay. So fairness. We wanted to come in here and just chat about fairness because, like, it's a really interesting topic. That when you have this perception of well, that's fair or that's unfair, and really, what what we want to explore is how that impacts our level of peace. Mm. So when we when we come from this place of well, that's unfair, like that's not fair, what does that do to our internal ease and our internal level of I'm okay with how life's rolling? Yeah. So yeah, what's what's your, uh, Frog, what's been your experience with that vibe? <laughs> well, first of all, I want to just say that, are you okay, Andrea? Yeah, you're okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I am. <laughs> um. You know, that thing about fairness is it a bottom line about it is we're giving our power away because when we see something is not fair, if we're looking for something to be fair and it's not fair and it's upsetting to us, we've given our power away, that external power versus we're always talking about our internal power and strength, our own identity. Who are we? And are we affected by external voices and circumstances, or do we stand in our own identity? So we we talked about this um, topic, Andrea, and because I had just talked about um, an experience where with a woman who had a number of grandchildren, like myself, and, um, you know, the fairness, like, if some grandchildren, one family of the grandchildren stayed two nights, well, the other ones had to stay two nights. Or if one had only stayed one, then the next one couldn't stay two because it was only one. And so this woman in trying to create fairness started creating division. And the kids noticed it because she talked about it a lot of like, well, you can only stay one night because Johnny and Susie only got to stay one night. And then if they found out that the other one got to do something that they didn't, there created this division between the grandkids. It was so interesting to watch because exactly what she was trying to accomplish was actually the opposite is what was happening. So let's and, talk about that though. Can we go there? What yes. do you think? What do you think she was trying to accomplish? She was trying to make them all feel loved the same. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking that because that's exactly what was happening. She was wanting each of them to know that they were just as important as the other. 
instead of just instead of just loving each one of them for who they were and what they were, it was all in this, it got all messed up. It was crazy, Andrea. And, and it, it created division. Yeah, and, and we've talked about this before, Barb, isn't it? It's that because it comes from the doing, as in you're important and loved if I do the same for you as I do for everybody else instead right. of this this internal knowing and the guidance of that of it doesn't matter what we do or don't do, you're really special to me. And but still bringing that back to grandchildren knowing that yeah. it doesn't matter what is or isn't done for them, that they that they love themselves enough, that we guide them in that of just knowing that, one, that they are loved and cared for. And, and we do have that flip side, Barb, where, you know, sometimes people don't love us and don't care for us in the way that, but can we be okay with that? And that's, I mean, that's a big thing for little people because I know big people that haven't quite. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I'm not yeah. saying that we should, that little children, grandchildren should get it. Well, and think about it, Andrea. What was also happening was her wanting to be loved by each of them because she didn't, mm -hmm favor another one so the whole cycle of it was really messed up and it was really interesting to see how it, it so am I understanding this correctly that I'm going to be fair I'm going to love you the same and be fair so that you know well I'm going to be fair so you know that I love you all the same so that you can love me because I haven't been unfair to you you got it that's it Mm -hmm. I would say that again. And and maybe if anyone tunes in, watches the replay, like can can you identify maybe this loop anywhere in your life of I'm going to keep things fair so that you feel loved and know that you're enough so that you will love and know that I'm enough. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. on the way back. And, yeah. And Oh, my gracious. I'm sorry. I forgot to turn my phone off. That's cool. That's cool. Um, so, in saying that, because we, we, you know, we always do chat about this. We always, we always deep dive into a topic before we come here on a topic, mm -hmm. and it's, it, it's really similar to. There's a family that I know here. Like they're beautiful. They're such a beautiful family, and just the way that. I'm sure the dad does as well. I have more to do with the mum, though. The way that she nurtures her children. She has three beautiful children. And she said before that, that they've got two girls and a boy. And the, the son Andrea, might... can I stop you for just one moment? Oh. Can you see me? Sure, we can. Okay, okay, because my I got interrupted here. I'm not seeing you, but I hear you, so I'm going to okay. just keep going that we're all here. Yeah, no, we can see you. Okay, great, great. great. So, yeah, so she has explained before that, you know, the son might head off to soccer with dad and, and they might get a, a really great treat for lunch. Like they might go to McDonald's or something on the way back and he comes back home and he's got two sisters that they haven't got the treat, they haven't got the McDonald's. And her, her like the way that she kind of deals with that or manages it or guides her family is, you know what, it's his lucky day celebrate him like how lucky is he he's got a really special treat and it's that you're going to get special days like you're not missing out here you're not any less important 
based on him getting something that you don't have. You're all loved, you're all adored, you're all cared for, and you will all have days and times and things where you get it and they don't. And we celebrate that. Right. How cool is that? It is because we we take away the celebration, like you're saying. And, you know, we're talking about children here, but think about this in life. Somebody else gets the job that you thought you were going to get. Somebody else gets to buy the house that you haven't quite got to buy yet. And instead of celebrating, we're feeling like we're left out. We're forgotten. We're not enough. When's it my turn? That kind of thing. And so what that does, Andrea, which is what we really talk about, is how that erodes your peace and your joy and your you thinking you're enough and your worth and your value and all that stuff. And because if somebody follows that conversation in their own head, the story they're telling themselves is I'm not enough to get it to. Mm. And what if it's if everything was the same, nothing would be different. This, that's kind of funny, that, but it's true. Like we can all have our own uniqueness and celebrate our uniqueness and celebrate with each other and be excited for each other. And then when our thing comes along, people are excited with us. And that's not why we do it. But you know what I'm saying? That it's just that flow, the flow of love. And it's the it's it's the differentiation of our identity really, isn't it? As in like our worth and our enoughness. Mm-hmm. Like do I matter? Am I loved enough? Am I important enough? Am I good enough? Like that speaks directly to the core of us in our identity. Yes. And when we know that just, just because we know it, just because we don't need anything to prove that to us, then we can just experience like there's nothing wrong with being disappointed because you don't get the job. There's nothing right. wrong with maybe being frustrated that you haven't got like a house that you would like. Oh, it, it's not that we want to all be like little hermits sitting in like a little shoebox going, oh, I don't need anything from the outside world. That's not really yeah. our message. No. But we can allow the emotions to be what they are without them make, being who we are. Yes, that is that is our message. Who are we? Yeah, and the you know just going into that. Am I enough just because I am? Yeah, and yeah. and so that's the thing because then you just it it's much easier to just experience life without this filter of that's fair or that's unfair. It's not only easier. It is more exciting. It is peaceful. There's contentment. There's gratitude. There's joy. There's so much fulfillment. Because that's what you feel. So that does make life easier, doesn't it? It creates that flow. And, you know, that um, it it starts to dilute some of the resistance that we can feel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Go. Yeah. And that. That resistance stuff is, you know, like if you feel yourself in resistance, if you feel yourself being jealous or frustrated or 
all those things that we just talked about, that's where you get to go inside and ask yourself, what is the story I'm telling myself? And is it true? And it's when you go inside to get that answer of, is it true that I'm not enough? Because if you'll follow your story, it'll usually come back to that. Now, Andrea, I want to make clear, we're not talking about the fairness of life in um, moral things, you know, like, like, you, you can't harm people and not have consequences to that. There, that's fairness too. But we're just talking about life in general and how most of us live our life. And this, um, whether we're in peace or not peace, you know? Yeah. And so if you, if you aren't experiencing the peace we're talking about, follow your story and then ask, is the story I'm believing true or not? Is that making sense to you? Am I saying it the way we say it, Andrea? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's just that there was a piece there that just really kind of stuck and I wanted to come back to it if I could when you were talking about like the moral stuff and, yeah, you know, a lot, a lot of the time, you know, there might be something smaller happen and it feels unfair and, yep, okay, you can get your head around that. Okay, yeah, if, it, if it's fair or unfair. But it is that it is that sort of next big step or that leap or that you know more conscious of of life, I guess, in in terms of what happens if the big things, Bob, where something bad does happen, and maybe someone has caused it. I was thinking about this as you're starting to talk because consequences to something is different than you thinking it's fair so that's what I mean like yeah that's as in what I was gonna say was that and it comes back to one of our earlier calls about well what if there's no mistakes Mm -hmm. so what if we actually begin to understand that life isn't about fair or unfair and if there are no mistakes, these things that do happen, they can hurt us. But what happens if that was always the way it was going to be? And what if you could have peace in the pain? Mm. Because, Andrea, things have happened to us that just like everyone, and that doesn't mean we don't experience pain and we don't experience sadness and grief and all that. We want to feel that stuff, but it's, it's the not staring there and demanding that it has to be the way you thought it should be. That's the release we're talking about. That's the grip we're talking about letting go of. I can distinctly remember in my life where maybe the words that we're using now isn't what I understood, but the concept of this. When when our baby, my baby was diagnosed with cancer at two days old, which you know about and our audience probably does, but I can remember sitting in the hospital and, I mean, it was pretty It was pretty nerve-wracking. I didn't even know babies could be born with cancer, Bob, so it was like mm-hmm. trying to integrate that was just unbelievable. And my husband was there for the first week, but he had to go back to work. So this was the very first day that I was on my own seven days after having a baby, five days after finding out he had cancer and just like no one with me. And I've been prone in my life before to 
to throw a pity party. You know, it's pretty like <laughs> we all do. You know. And it was really interesting. My mother-in-law's friend came in and she sat with me and she just said like her granddaughter had had medical issues. They knew that hospital inside out, back to front. She'd been there plenty of times. And she just looked at me and she said, you know what, if you ever if you ever have a moment of kind of feeling bad, she's like, go up onto the eighth ward because that's the Burns unit. Oh, wow. And she's like, you, and it's not, it wasn't done in this comparison thing. It wasn't done in this stop being so pathetic or anything like that. It was just this beautiful aha moment of why not me, Bob? Why not me to be experiencing this this hard thing? Because if it's not me, it's somebody else. And why is it okay for somebody else to be suffering and it's not okay for me to be suffering? Mm. Why not me in terms of, for me, that's the fair and unfairness. There isn't fair and unfair. There's just experiences. Yeah. And all we can do is make the most of like the situation or allow the situation, you, know, you can't make the most of the death of our husbands. You can't make the most of a lot of tragedies in the moment. You have to grieve them. You have to feel Absolutely. them. Absolutely. We really do have a choice. Like I feel like in some ways I have made the most of my husband's passing mm. because I really want to be able to help people that are that are stuck and caged in their life that aren't feeling joy or peace or happiness, or they don't know who they are. Yeah. So what happens if we stayed stuck in this unfair? Like Barb Gibson, it was really unfair that that happened to you when Fred passed away. That is so unfair. It's almost like it immobilizes us. It can be this hope of, okay, I can't do much about this, can I? Yes, I remember that. I was going to tell about my story of, of someone coming to me. Uh, Fred and I had an older couple that we would spend a lot of time with, and they had both lost their spouses and then had become married in an older age. And I remember they came to the funeral home and they said to me, if you have a pity party, call us, but we don't stay long. And I remember what they what they meant was it's okay to feel all this, but it's not going to be good for you to stay there very long. And uh, I remembered that a lot because I would have pity parties or feeling bad, feeling sad, feeling grieving, all that stuff. And then I would, would come around to, to stay here very long isn't going to do any good. I For me, my whole story changed when I was like, I can't do this anymore because it hurts so bad. Mm. And am I going to keep hurting like this? Or I've got to change something. And, you know, it ended up being my thinking about this isn't fair, you know, premature. He wasn't supposed to die at this age. Life was just getting started. This isn't fair. And when I stopped thinking about is this fair and accepted what was, that's when everything started changing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the it's just the energy that comes with staying in that unfair, that mm-hmm. fair, unfair. It's yeah. that um sure, we're all gonna feel pain. Like this this isn't about, you know, you can you can avoid 
these struggles, like these these situations that happen, like losing a job, like all of these things, or you know, you, you, your kids telling you the crappiest parent under the sun, or whatever. Like life is going to give you experiences. You're going to respond. You're going to react. You're going to feel things. We all do. But it's the the message, I guess, for us is for people that tune in and hear this. This is when you're at that point of something has to give. Something has to change. I don't necessarily like how I'm feeling. I don't necessarily know why I'm feeling it, but Mm -hmm. I know that there's something different. And it's just these pondering moments. This is some of the topics, you know. We've had people put their own topics in and then we've had, you know, that there hasn't been a topic so we choose it. But the message will always come back, always come back to who are you? because that's your identity. Yeah, and Andrea, you know, along with that, our message is the taking your own power back. You get to decide who that is. You get to decide if you're joyful. You get to decide, and it's so empowering. When I discovered this, Andrea, I was like, this is a free thing. This is free. It's all in my thinking. It's all in my beliefs all in the story I'm telling myself, I get to change the story. You get to change the story. Mm-hmm. And it can change so much. And we're not saying that it's easy, but we are saying it's simple. Yeah. It's very simple. Because that's that tends to be the thing. And, and I think that was part of my journey as well, Barb, is that some of the things on the outside world are so big that you literally feel like you have no control. Like I have no say in that. I have no say in my son having cancer. Like how on earth am I meant to change that, Barb? What are you talking about? Like are you kidding? It's it's terrible. It's horrible. It's stressful. I'm like picking a funeral song just in case. What are you talking about, Barb? It is. But we always can. And it was as simple as that. It was as simple as hearing someone say to me, go onto the burns unit where their face is melted onto their chest and they, they're in agony all the time. Now I had a choice at that moment and this is the thing. I had a choice to take that information and go, what right have you got to tell me that there's anything worse than my son having cancer? Like how dare you come in here? I could have done that. Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, I was pretty traumatized. Or I sat there and accepted that, wow, yeah, there always could be something worse or a different way to look at our experiences. And it has it has seriously stayed with me for the rest of my life, that one conversation. I I get it, Andrea, because that's like a jolt of change your perception it wasn't a comparison this is worse it's almost like a, a somebody like wake up a little and change your perception because you can't control it you, there's nothing you could do about that but you could change how you're going to deal with it and how you're going to see it and how we're going to move forward and this is what it is so what do we need to do next yeah and the the acceptance of what is 
just learning to do that one thing can transform your life in big ways. And I think the thing too, Bob, is that like in that experience in particular, yeah, letting go of the resistance to what is, like you Mm -hmm. just said before, Mm -hmm. that allows more space for love. It does. Like if I'm sitting there with my baby constantly in a state of fear and worry, we're going back to what are we doing with the moments? Yes. Like last week we talk about these moments and being in the moment. If being in the moment with him is constantly worrying, and, yeah, it's hard, yeah, you're going to have times where it it overrides, but if we can release a little bit of that resistance and tension, then that allows more space for love, yeah. compassion, peace, contentment. Yes. Those are the moments I want to have. Yeah, and the simple part, Andrea, is every time you catch yourself, like if you're sitting and holding your baby and, and you're like, why us? Life isn't fair. Catch yourself. Okay. All right. But it is what's happening. We're right here. What do we have to be grateful for? What are we just changing the perception? And you might have to do that over and over and over. And that's okay. That's okay. And that's where you become powerful again. That's where you start taking that back and shifting your thinking and living in the moment and stop worrying and demanding life has to be fair. Mm. And it is that, you know, I, I think this is pretty practical on your everyday stuff. And your everyday stuff where your friend didn't invite you out for morning tea, but she invited your other friend and you're frustrated and you don't feel like you're enough. And, and you know, I think I think we've got levels of different experiences that we can, like, like the big stuff like we're talking about and, and the depths that we've gone to. It's, it's, it's okay to sit in the pain and the sadness of that because that is real. It is real and it doesn't feel good. And a lot of the time it doesn't feel good for a little while because we need to embody the full range of emotions. We're talking about when so it doesn't derail the whole of your life. Right. There's a difference between having an experience that is traumatic or stressful or worrisome and giving yourself the time and the space to really be with that experience before the rebound begins. This is so we don't derail the rest of our life so that the rest of our life is conditioned and controlled by what happened back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the little bits, like I think you might have spoken about this before, Bob, is that, you know, they're kind of where we get to stretch the muscle. Like my That's friend what I was just going to say, yes. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. Yes, that is where we get to stretch the muscle. So when the big thing does come, we can do it. So, you know, for our listeners, just the little things like what does happen when your friend says they're going to meet you and they don't? What's the story you start telling yourself? Or the kids say something or your spouse does something that's disappointing and you're like, that's not fair. You're like, catch the story you're telling yourself. Ask if it's true. Because the story, I'll go back to saying, if you follow the story, the story usually goes to your enoughness. We call that your identity. 
Am I enough? Am I worth being loved? Do you love me enough? You just canceled on me or you forgot me. That must mean I'm not lovable. And when you get to that question, am I loved? Am I enough? That's when you ask yourself, is that true? Because you're really saying, I don't believe I'm enough. So is it true that I'm not enough? And And the power, like the part that for me, the power that we regain when we can really begin to see that, Barb, is that then we get to be conscious choice makers. Yes. Because like what's coming through for me now is that when we know, so when, when I can say, well, I'm enough, I know that I'm enough. I don't need anybody to prove it to me. Like mm-hmm. I'm enough, right? Mm-hmm. Then things not going to plan doesn't doesn't impact who I am and I can create more space for that, like more right. space for acceptance. So let's say we're talking about a friend that they cancel over and over again and, um, okay, that's fine, you can you can create a space for that but then it moves into things like okay so what happens in the workplace where you you are super at your job and someone gets a promotion above you and they're actually really not that crash hot and that doesn't align with you know your belief in who you are and how you do things well then you can consciously choose to maybe get a job somewhere else. As in, I don't know if I'm being very clear with this one, sorry, but it means that if out there doesn't match what you know to be true about who you are, right. you can move to things that do align with that. Yes. You can make a conscious choice. Opposed to being dragged down into, well, I must, you know, that's not fair, they got the promotion, I'm so much better than that, like what's going on with my boss, that other person's just a butt licker, you know, like they just suck up and get what they want. No, no, no. I'm actually really good at what I do. And I really believe in the role that I play. That situation doesn't quite match what I believe to be true about me. I'm going to go and find the situation that does. Yes. Yes. You, you put it very good. Andrew. That was a very exactly. big, long, winding track to get to the point. I'm sorry about that. But yeah, it means that instead yeah. of it eroding our identity, it opens up our choices to what's going to match what I know to be true. Yes. Yes. Yep. All right. Another, another great session. Bit of, bit of, bit here, there and everywhere today, but even just pondering, like, do, you know, our, our listeners, do you, do you think it does come down to life being fair or unfair? Has this, maybe opened you up to a different way of seeing things, your perspective or how you feel about who you are. Yes. Maybe. Good things to ponder. Excellent. All right. We'll catch you all again next week. Thanks for joining us.